prayer makes you into a person of authority. So anytime we pray, we enter into God's throne room. We enter into the presence of God. And anytime we are in the presence of God and you are speaking to God, it shows that you communicate with God. And if I communicate with God, most likely whatever I want, he's going to give it to me because I communicate with him regularly because he speaks to me on a regular basis. He tells me what he wants. I do it. I tell him what I want and he does it. That's why John 15, 7 says, if ye abide in me, or if ye remain in me, and my words abide in you or remain in you, ye shall ask what you will, what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. So if you remain in me as a Christian in Christ, if you remain in Christ, you are grounded in Christ, you are rooted in Christ, and Christ's words remains in you and is rich in you, and it remains in your heart, then whatever you ask, whatever you desire, God is going to give it to you. Hallelujah. So anytime we pray, we establish our authority in Jesus' name. Number three, when we pray, God makes us into people of authority. So you become a, sorry, you become a person of anointing. Number two is authority. Number three, you become a person of anointing. That's very powerful. So you, 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 you become so anointed because some of God's presence wraps off on you. And then we read from uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, anointing is that you realize that the anointing, God anoints us with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, when you look at Luke chapter 11, verse 13, the Bible says, If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, amplified and some other translations, if ye then being evil know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more shall our heavenly Father give advantageous gifts or give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the Holy Spirit, he is our advantage. He is our shield and our exceeding great reward. So when we pray, God will give us the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we also talk about the fact that prayer is important because we are in a war. And when you are in a war, you need prayer to excel and succeed in that war. Amen. So our next or the next important reason why you and I should pray. Remember that Jesus, who is God, who, who, who is God manifested in the flesh, who was with God in the beginning, created all things. Such uh, an awesome God we serve. He needed to pray regularly. The Bible says that Jesus prayed, it was his custom, it was his regular routine to pray all the time. And the Bible says that he, he, he often would slip, slip away or separate himself, go to a solitary place and there pray. The Bible says a great while before day, he went, that's Jesus, he went to a solitary, quiet place, and there at the quiet place he prayed. Then the Bible also talks about the fact that when he was about to appoint his apostles, praying all night, then Peter was also in prayer. He was praying at the rooftop. He was hungry and waiting for food. And as he was praying, the Bible says he fell asleep and into a trance. That's when God spoke to him about Cornelius. Hallelujah. 
So that's very important. Now, you and I must pray because prayer destroys the works of the devil. Prayer binds demonic activities in our lives. Many people must realize that demons are real. Demons are real. Why do I say demons are real? Because the Bible talks about demons. The New Testament is full of demon activity. From Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, to Revelation, every book, there'll be something about demons. In general, you find, so, so we have to believe that demons exist, but we are just, we just have more authority or we have authority over them. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 that he's given us authority to trample and that, uh, them or, or to trample over them. Hallelujah. To tread on serpents and scorpions. And serpents and scorpions are types of evil spirits. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. Uh, uh, verse 17. Let's start from 17. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important that we pray because prayer binds demonic activity. The Bible says in Luke 10, 17, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. That's very powerful. It means that the devils uh, uh, submit to what we say in the name of Jesus. So you and I have no right to, to, to cast out devils or to, to cancel the works of the devil without using the name of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we'll be like the seven sons or the, the, yeah, the seven sons of Sceva. They didn't believe in Jesus, but they realized that anytime Paul and Peter, they heard that Paul and Peter, anytime they cast out devils in Jesus' name, the demons fled. So they saw a man possessed with an evil spirit. And they said, I adjure you, I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ, of whom Paul preaches. Then the demon said, ah, Peter I know, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And it was not easy for them. Hallelujah. But when you are a person of prayer, when you are a person of authority, we're going to verse 19. When you are a person of authority, so 17, stay in on 17. When you are a person of authority and you pray, it works. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the 70 returned unto him with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through the name. Verse 18. Not, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Continue. Behold, I give unto you power, authority, I give unto you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. So God has given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions, to trample them under our feet. And over all, all, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But nevertheless, demons and evil spirits are entities that we must be aware of so that we can pray against them, bind their activities. Can I have an amen? Now, look at Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, 
she brought forth her children. Look at it in NLT. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. This is talking about or symbolizing travailing prayer. As, as you keep travailing in prayer, travailing, pushing through in prayer, just like a woman has to push through to have the children, as you travail, you push forth something new. So you put the, the, a nation was pushed forth. Who has ever seen or heard of anything as strange as this? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? By the, but by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, the baby will be born. The nation will come forth. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to know that certain things can only be brought forth through prayer. So it could be certain things in our lives. We might want maybe a new dimension in ministry or a new dimension in uh, uh, your secular job. Or you might want a new dimension. Maybe you want to enter into the prophetic or enter into the evangelistic or enter into the miracle or enter into uh, whatever ministry, enter into the helps ministry, enter into financial prosperity so that you can support the church. Whatever the ministry is, we need prayer to bring it forth. Hallelujah. If it is something also that you are trying to avoid or something you are trying to overcome, you and I need prayer to, to have the strength or the power to overcome those things. Anything in this world that we need to do, prayer can cause us to do. Anything in this world that we are trying to avoid, prayer can cause us to avoid those things. Can I have an amen? Prayer is a, a very important revelation of our prayer is that is the fact that prayer has a creative potential. You and I need to pray until something that does not exist comes into existence. Creating something is different from maintaining it. Many people can maintain what has been created, but it, is, it takes a person of prayer to pray something into being. This is very powerful. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, that is what the scriptures mean. If I keep it in King James, I'm reading it in another translation. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in, in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now let's read it in the King James. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickeneth or brings to life the dead and calleth those things which, sorry, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Now, what are some of the things that we can do, or how does prayer help us to actually frame our worlds? So what I mean frame your world is you can have what you see. Very important. You and I can have what we see. You and I can pray things into being, and after praying, confess them into action. Let me repeat that. It is not just a matter of confessing. Yes, we can confess. 
But you and I need to learn how to pray things that are not in our lives. Certain blessings, certain favor, pray them into action. Because all things are possible to the one who believes. No matter what it is, all things are possible. You can frame your world. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 from 1 to 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hallelujah. So you and I can frame our worlds. Just verse 3. Now look at Mark chapter 11. Let's look at verse 22. Let's look at verse 22. Mark 11. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Now, this have faith in God is have the faith of God or the God kind of faith, which says with their mouths what they believe in their hearts and it comes to pass. Very, very important. So you and I, we must have faith in God to pray things that are not. Pray your new job into existence. Pray your career success into existence. Pray your financial prosperity into existence. But remember that as you are praying your financial success or blessing into existence, remember that, oh, as you are praying, oh God, bless me financially so that I can have enough myself and be a blessing to others. Why should God bless financially for you to just spend it on yourself and your family? It's very difficult to support that in scripture. Most of the people in the Bible who were blessed financially were a blessing to others you are more likely to be financially blessed when you ask God for finances so that you can help others. James says that you ask and receive not because you ask amiss to consume it upon your, your, your lustful desires. And it goes on. I think it's James chapter 3 or 4. Hallelujah. Verse 1 to 4. Let's see if I can find that verse. Hallelujah. So it's very important for us to remember Let's see, James 4, yes, okay, James 4, let's start from verse 1. Uh, let's use NLT to make it easier. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it the whole army of evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous for what others have, and you can't possess it. So you fight and quarrel to take it away from them. And yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. Let's it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Did you get that? Yeah, that's enough. So let's look at verse 3 in the King James. I think it's pretty clear. He ask and receive not because he ask amiss that he may consume it upon your lusts, your pleasures. 
So God, person A says, God, I pray that you bless me financially with the riches so that I can have a good quality of life and I can be a blessing to others. This is person A. Person B says, Father God, bless me financially. Oh, I want to be blessed to have a good life. Most likely A will get it instead of B because A is, is, is asking for it for the right reasons so that they can be a blessing not only to themselves and their families, but to others. Am I saying something to somebody? Very good. So that's very important. When you pray with the right motives, when you pray asking God for something, God will be able to do it for you and I. Can I have an amen? You don't need to admit. You can just say amen at home. You can frame your life or you can, you can frame Zoe. You can frame your, or you, you, can, you, can, you can pray into existence abundant life. You can pray into existence zone. You can pray into existence, existence, the blessed life. Or you can also frame a life of defeats. So depending on what you do after prayer, you can pray, God, open financial doors. God, open doors, whatever doors. Now God is about to open the doors and you speak out defeat. You speak doubt to what you are praying about. And that becomes a problem. When we are talking about faith, we'll talk about this, but I just want to chip it in quickly, or I want to just add it, rather. Look at James chapter 1, verse 6, 5, 6, and then let's continue. Time is fast approaching. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gave it to all men liberally, and does not reprimand for you asking, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. He does not withhold. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Pretty clear. Go back to verse 6, NLT. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is an, as unsettling as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Let me repeat that again for you. Verse seven. But when you ask him, we are talking about wisdom. If you like wisdom, ask him and he'll give to you generously. But when you ask him for wisdom and therefore for any other thing, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. People like that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I think that's pretty clear. So you pray, but are you speaking doubt after prayer? Oh God, bless me financially. I pray that you give me this job. And then you have an interview, the interview doesn't go well. Oh, the interview didn't go well. Most likely, I will not get the job. Are you negating? Why did, I mean, don't you believe that God can do it? Why did you try to negate the prayer by your confession? Did you not realize that Zachariah was going to negate things, so the angel had to make him down? Let's look at Proverbs 18, 21. 
look at it in King James and then we'll quickly slip to NLT. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay, that is fine. Let's start with NLT. Then we'll go to King James. Those who love to talk will experience the consequences for the tongue can kill or nourish life. King James, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love each other eat the fruit thereof. So I prayed, but I can speak life to back my prayer. Or after praying for something, I can speak defeat. Because this word death is not only physical death, but it is death to, to good things. So you and I must be very careful to know that we can frame our lives to have a Zoe abundant life or defeat. So your tongue in speech and in prayer is very important, what you say. Hallelujah. Also, God gives us whatever we ask and desire when we pray. So think about it. I am trusting God for an open door or for a certain ministry or for, for a job or I want to, to become the next Bill Gates, only that a Christian Bill Gates. I want to become one of the rich people on earth, not to go on Forbes and all those things. But yeah, even if I'm on Forbes, I'm on Forbes knowing that I'm a Christian. I'm giving heavily. I am giving heavily to support the church and evangelism and whatever causes they are, the poor, whatever, to support the poor, evangelism, the church. I'm giving heavily and people see it. Then you're talking. Now, God gives us what we desire. Look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Matthew 21, 22. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching you happy here. Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing. Glory to God, hallelujah. Ye shall receive, not might receive. Some people have rewritten this verse. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, you probably will receive or might receive. That's not in the Holy Bible. The word of God, the, the only word of God, which is the Bible. This is ye shall receive. So when you and I speak to God, we can enter into new dimensions. We can, we, we, we can enter into greater heights in whatever we are doing. We can give birth to new dimensions in our lives when we pray by praying faith. And then we know the famous Mark eleven twenty four. Let's look at 22 to 24. We must memorize this scripture because it will come in handy many a times. Mark 11, 22 to 24. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall see unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever I say. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So therefore, please keep it at 24. Therefore, so have faith in God. 
And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Now you can read the previous verses and it talks about a fig tree which was withered away. We talked about that earlier on. But Jesus said, have faith in God. Now what does it mean to have faith in God? To confess without doubt in your heart and command the mountain to move to your other place. Keep, keep it uh, at the verse, please. And commanding the mountain to move to your other place, the mountain will obey. If you, 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 you speak to a mountain by faith and you do not doubt, and you tell the mountain to be cast into the sea, it will happen practically. That is have faith in God. And then, because Jesus said have faith in God, and then gave an example of what it means to have faith in God in verse 23, then he said, therefore, always remember that when you see therefore, you must find out what it is therefore. So read the previous verses to find out what the therefore is talking about or what brings the therefore, or what brings the after the therefore. So if you have faith in God, then Jesus is saying to you, what things soever you desire, whatsoever things you desire as you frame your will, what things soever you desire as you break grounds into new territories, whatsoever things you desire when you are giving birth to new dimensions, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, as you are praying, whatever you are desiring in your prayer, believe that you receive them. That's working in faith. And ye shall have them. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then John 15, 7. John chapter 15 and verse 7. If ye abide in me, John 15, not John 15, 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now, this is, this is such a very profound statement. Jesus is giving his word on something. It, this is so important because God, who doesn't lie, He's immutable. He doesn't change. He, he cannot deny himself. He cannot lie. Now, God, who cannot lie, is saying something to us. If we abide in him and his words abide in us, other versions say remain. So if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, NLT says, but if you stay joined to me, and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. Wow. So ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we are not remaining in him or his words are not remaining in us. Most likely it is his word not remaining in us, many of us. Because if his words are remaining in us, we cannot ask a false thing. We cannot ask a miss. We will be so strong in the Lord, we'll be so pure that anything we ask will not be with the wrong motives. Anything we ask God will be his will and we are guaranteed 100% as a prayer. Very, very powerful. If you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask whatever you request. What is your request? What are you trying to do in life? What steps are you trying to jump to? Are you trying to take 10 steps forward? Are you trying to enter into new territories? Simple. Remain in Christ Jesus and let his words remain in you. Now, you can't apply this by just reading the Bible once in a while. 
once a week, twice a week, and in church, then you say, God, um, uh, 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 John 15, 7 is mine. No, no, no. For God's words to remain in you, it means it is a daily thing. It, it is rich in you and I. His word is rich in us. His word is so rich in us that it makes a big difference. It, it's so rich in us that we eat the word, we live the word. It doesn't mean 24 7, I think I'm at a word, otherwise you need to work or do other things. But his word is in you. When you need to pull the word, you can. You follow the word, you hear the word, you read the word. This book of the Lord, Joshua 1 8, no wonder Joshua said, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate upon it day and night. Now, let's go to Joshua 1 8. Let me share something quick before we uh, move on to the next uh, uh, reason. This is very important. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate or matter upon it, repeat, repeat, and ponder upon it. Meditate there in day and night. Now, when the word of God remains in you, it means that the word of God is not departing out of your mouth. It means you are speaking it to yourself. You are speaking it to others. It's rich in your mouth. And you are meditating upon it. What does it mean that, oh God, someone is trying to use John 15, 7. Just keep it here. John 15, 7. You are trying to use John 15, 7. You are saying, God, I'm, 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 I'm in you, remaining in you and your words are remaining in me. Therefore, I'm asking you for this. What does it mean for the words to remain in you? It means that this word is not departing out of your mouth. It means this word is reaching you. It means you are meditating upon this word day and night. What happens just because of the Bible? Not a sword, not teaching you how to fight, not war. Joshua became a military leader. He had taken over the, the Moses uh, uh, ministry, or he had taken over from Moses, and he was about to fight. God didn't give him videos on uh, strategies, uh, warfare tactics. No. All God said is that in this book of the law, he gave him promises in Joshua 1, uh, when you read up to verse 7, 8, he gave him promises that every place the soul of your feet which shall tread upon, I'll give to you many powerful promises. But what was the tool God gave to Joshua? God said, this book of the law, let's make sure it doesn't depart out of your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night, then what will be the result? That thou mayest observe to do or that, sorry, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. You and I can only do what is in the word when it is in our hearts, in our mouths, and we are meditating upon it. Otherwise, we need to do it. Then when we are able to do the word of God, what happens? For then, thou, God will give you the power to obtain wealth. God will give you and I the power to be prosperous. After the word remains in you and I, then we will make our way prosperous and we shall have good success. Yes, look at it in NLT. So prayer and the word go together. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only, 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 only then will you succeed. Go back to John 15, 7. If ye abide in me or remain in me, and my words remain in you, you shall ask what you will. Keep it in NLT. You shall ask what you will. NLT, please. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. 
NLT, that I just read King James, and then NLT says, but if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted you. Now you can link that, you can see how they are linked. So ladies and gentlemen, when you ask a request, it means you are praying. Prayer is asking a request. Prayer is communicating with our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that you and I have been given rich and precious promises. So you and I must believe that we can pray new territories, new things into being. We can frame our world. We can speak and pray and get what we desire. Oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. Even with unbelievers, look at Galatians 4.19. Even with people who come to church, as people come to church who are not Christians or who are new in the faith, what we need to do is to pray them into establishment. One thing I used to do, and I still do, but it's one thing uh, uh, that I, I remember doing was getting names, praying for individuals, praying Galatians 4.19 until they became established. My little children, of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. NLT. Until Christ be formed in you. But all oh, my dear children, I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. What a blessing. So you and I can also pray establishment into people's lives, establishment into Christ Jesus, establish people into Christ Jesus who are new converts. We can pray them into establishment and it works. You take someone's name and you keep praying for them every day. Lord, I pray that Christ will be formed in them. This person, you mentioned their name, I pray that Christ will be formed in John G. Jackson. I pray that Christ will be found in John J. Jackson. In Jesus' name, we pray for the different things you are meant to pray. And that will happen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's see my time, okay? I'm only, I only have time for one more. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? Uh, another note, when we are praying for people who don't know the Lord, or for people who are new in the faith, we must realize that we need to also not only pray that Christ be formed in them, but we also need to pray that God delivers captives, unbelievers, delivers unbelievers, captives from the kingdom of darkness. God delivers people, sets people free. There are people who are captive. You ask yourself, how... It's a Christian who is just born again a captive. Have you ever heard of Christians who are bound by drugs, alcohol, addiction, depressed, sad, going through financial uh, issues? Meanwhile, they are spirit-filled, born again, tongue-talking Christians. Why? Some of them, of course, need to accept their rights and privileges in Jesus Christ and walk in faith. But there are people out there who are captives to the devil. Look at Luke 4 18. So we need to bind the spirits that hold them. 
the spirits that are holding the people captive, we need to bind those spirits. Hallelujah. Take call this, bind the spirits. I bind this evil spirit that is affecting this. And sometimes talk under tongue and bind the spirits. Sometimes someone might not be making sense or might be fighting what you are saying. Many times an outreach, you go on outreach and you see someone almost possessed, angry, trying to even swing at me or, or trying to spit or whatever. And you, you bind the spirits right there and they calm down. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. You are in captivity to pornography. Captivity. Deliverance is yours. So someone is bound by pornography, even Christians, many Christians, and you can preach deliverance to Christian captives who are captive to porn. And recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. This is a whole different topic. I don't want to start that now. But there are many people who are bruised and they can be set at liberty. Verse 19. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 61 talks about the day of the and adds the day of vengeance of our God. Okay. So, if our eyes were opened, we would be surprised at the number of spiritual entities that are around that we cannot see. And the number of people who are captive to demons and evil spirits. And even the demons and evil spirits trying to influence Christians. Oh, really? Jesus said, someone said, someone Peter said, look, Jesus, I will live and I will die for you. Jesus said, oh, really? Well, Simon, let me tell you something. Maybe you didn't know. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that you don't foreclose. I have prayed for you that you will not lose your job. I have prayed for you so that you, 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 you will not be homeless. No, 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 no. I have prayed for you that your faith faileth not. So, ladies and gentlemen, the devil is a loser and he's lost the fight, and he is going to the lake of fire eventually. But until then, we need to bind demonic activity in the lives of people. Can I have an amen? Now, at our best spiritual warfare, no matter what we do, many people try to cast demons into oceans and cast them into their abyss. Uh, it's a waste of time because even Jesus himself, you will see in Matthew 8, 29. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 29. Matthew 8, 29. What does Matthew chapter 8, verse 29 say? And behold, okay, let's start from 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gargesines, they met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce. You see, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this another time, maybe in another session. But Matthew and Mark, Luke, they talk about the same thing. Sometimes, uh, uh, most likely, there were two, but one wants to focus on one particular one who Jesus spoke to. Uh, uh, you see that some of the stories you need to rather 
and then they complement each other. Uh, not everyone understands what I'm saying, but that's fine. Those who understand what I'm talking about until I teach on it. Matthew 8, 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gessenes, they met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man, man might pass by that way. Continue. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come to torment us before our time or before the time? Continue. And there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. I think some of you are getting it now. The man, man of Gadara, some just talk about one person. This is talking about two. But it's all very good, easy to understand. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. But let me get to the point. So you will see that, uh, go to verse uh, 29 again, 29. You see that as thou come hither to torment us before the time. So there is a time appointed for demons and the devil to be tormented. Until then, you can cast them into the, 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 the space and they'll just laugh at you because they have a lease on earth and the lease is not run out yet. So the, what we can do is to bind them to prevent them from maneuvering, to weaken them, to dislodge them, and to grab souls from their hands, to grab people who are captive from their hands. That's why Jesus said, if you are going to a strong man to plunder his goods, you first have to bind the strong man. After binding the strong man, then you can go and plunder his goods. So you first have to bind the devil. After binding the devil, then you can take his possessions, the, 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 the souls. We're all uh, captives to the devil. So you can take uh, the, the possessions. Remember that we're redeemed. The devil had us because of Adam's uh, sin. And Jesus redeemed us, purchased us, bought us from captivity. Hallelujah. So I mean, I get what I'm saying. So very, very important. Demons, at best, cannot, they, we, we need to bind them, we need to dislodge them, we need to cancel their works, we need to destroy their works. But don't worry about casting them into space or whatever people, you know, all those things. You don't see Apostle Paul casting them into space. Even Jesus, as you read it, he, it was only in the same area. He puts the, he, he cast them out into swine in the area, in the region. Hallelujah. How many I get what I'm saying? Okay. Now, a time will come when you read Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. The Bible makes it clear that the devil, Michael will take the devil and will put him. Let, let's read Revelation 21 to 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. 
And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more because his master keys deception till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So this is very important. So the Bible is saying that in Revelation, a time will come that Satan will be put in a bottomless pit and will be bound and sealed up securely for a thousand years and there'll be no deception on earth. No deception. Hallelujah. For a thousand years. Now someone will ask, then what happens after a thousand years? Then you'll be loosed to deceive. Look at Revelation 20.10. Now after a thousand years, what happens? And the devil that deceived them, so the devil will come out and deceive again. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. When you see forever and ever, not just forever, but forever and ever, it means eternity, forever, perpetuity, no end, torment forever, boundless, no time, forever. How many get what I'm saying? So you and I, we must always have that in mind that the devil is a defeated foe, he's lost, and his time, he knows his time is short. So he's trying his best to deceive people, to deceive Christians, to deceive unbelievers. He's on a rampage, and his goal is to organize the demons and evil spirits to deceive. Now the devil is hate, evil spirits are hate, fallen angels are hate, full of hate. They hate everything, they hate each other, but they are, because they hate God and hate us more than each other, they are willing to be organized and structured so that they can destroy people. But you and I, who are, how do I say, who are away from their grasp, because Christ poured principalities and powers and stripped demonic power from around us, so they have no control over us. All we need to do is to resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But the unbelievers who are out there, we need to pray. We need to bind the spirits that are uh, influencing them so that they will be saved. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let me see if I, I need to find it. I don't know whether that's... And as we wrap up... Um, First Corinthians chapter, uh, let's see. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one, still waiting. Okay, let's turn to second Corinthians chapter four, rather, not yes. Second Corinthians chapter four. Let's start from this. Three. Let's start from one. It's okay, but we're looking for four. First, second Corinthians 4 1 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, we don't give up. Two. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, 
not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Unfortunately, many handle the word of God deceitfully to point to, to, to suit what they want to say. Hallelujah. But we must all be very careful of that because God will hold us accountable for how we handle the word. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God, we see Smoji, the God of this world, the devil, have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now read verse 3 and 4 in the NLT. When you are doing a Bible study, it's always good to use King James as a base and then look at other versions to just have a nice uh, uh, kind of uh, understanding of the whole verse. If the good news we preach is veiled from anyone or hidden from anyone, it is a sign that they are perishing. So it's very important. So if the gospel is not understood by someone or you preach to someone or you tell someone about Jesus and the person brushes it off, it shows that it is a sign that they are perishing. Verse 4. Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. They don't understand the message we preach about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. That's why we need to pray for them. That's why we need to pray for them. Wow, 58. That's why we need to pray for them. Hallelujah. So I think I'll stop here. Um, we'll continue next week, God willing. There's more to talk about. But how many are getting what I'm saying? Very, very important. Very, very, very important that we, we pray for our loved ones, pray for people who, who, who need the Lord. Because we must realize that this, not everyone accepts Christ because they, their minds have been blinded. Their eyes have been blinded. They have, they've been blinded. They, they, they don't see the truth. They don't. Hallelujah. So I pray that we would be people of prayer. We would trust God and know that prayer moves mountains. Prayer moves mountains. Hallelujah to Jesus. May you and I pray and take new territories, enter into new dimensions in life, in ministry, and in every aspect of our lives. May you and I be people who pray and trust God and frame our worlds. We, 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 we pray life, we pray favor, we pray blessings, we pray all the blessings that we desire in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your word and we thank you for the rich and precious promises you have given to us as Christians. We pray, oh God, that you give us the, the grace to be people of prayer. May we May we prove our faith, demonstrate our faith in you by praying all the time, by studying your word regularly. May we be people of prayer who trust in you and know that what you have promised, you are well able to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again. If you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell, if you know in your heart that you are tired of your sin, your sins are weighing you down. Maybe you are addicted, you are struggling, maybe you want to even give up in life. Maybe when you're watching and you're, you're tired of life, you, you feel that there is no hope, you feel that there is no escape from where you are. I want you to know that Jesus is the escape. With Jesus, all things are possible. He, he takes us out of the most impossible situations. That's why Jesus said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things, 100%, all things are possible. If you want this Jesus, and you want to surrender your life to him, and you want to be born again, and you want your sins forgiven, then I want to know, let you know that you can be born again. Being born again doesn't mean that you can't perfect. Being born again doesn't mean that I enter into Christ perfect. No. God wants you and I just the way we are. Zacchaeus was a sinful man, but Jesus met him as a sinful man, told him that I'm coming to your sinful house for tea. And then as Jesus was with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was with Jesus, then Jesus saved him and he became a good person. So ladies and gentlemen, God wants you just the way you are. If you want Jesus, then I want you to repeat after me so that you enter into the faith and then you start your journey of faith. Saying this prayer doesn't end it and then you are all set, you do whatever you want to know. This starts the journey of faith. It means that you've repented of your, from your sins. You believe that Jesus Christ is God. He died on the cross for your sins and God raised him from the dead. If you believe these things, that is enough. Repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you if you've said this prayer or you've rededicated your life to Jesus. Know that there is rejoicing in heaven. The Bible says at the moment, as we speak now, there's a party in heaven. There's rejoicing in the heaven, in the presence of the angels and God because of even one person giving their lives to Christ. How much more all of you who have surrendered to Jesus. God bless you. And let me pray for you. Father God, I pray that you keep and you preserve those who have surrendered their lives to you. Keep them from evil. I pray that Christ will be formed in them. Secure them and cause them to know you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Shalom. It's now time. Let's quickly take our offering.
if you have your offering, it's a good time to uh, give. Jesus said in Acts, the uh, apostle was quoting Jesus and said, you know how the Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So it's a blessing to give, more blessed to give than to receive. So I want you to give a good offering, hallelujah. Now there are many funds, you can give to the church, you can give to support uh, the crusade, hallelujah. Uh, uh, we we um, had a crusade recently in uh, uh, Tamale. We are gonna have another one, God willing, in April of this year, hallelujah, in, in uh, overseas, hallelujah. And I believe that God is, is going to bless it. So if you want to give to support the crusade, God bless you. If you want to give uh, uh, to uh, an offering, whatever you want to do, you want to give to the orphanage, you want to give to um, uh, uh, whatever you want to do, you want to give an offering, please do and God will bless you. You have the opportunity to um, choose which uh, place, uh, you, what, what you, where you want to give it, whether you want to give it to crusade, remember the poor, offering, whatever you want to do. If you have your time also, you can also give. And I believe that God will bless you. Shall we pray? Father God, bless our offering. Bless us as we give to support your work. In Jesus' name we pray. And the saints said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. God bless you. Let's say the, uh, the benediction or just a word for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord favor you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you peace. May God answer your secret prayers. May God show you that he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider and our provider. May he show you that he is strong in you and strong and ready to meet your needs. May, you, may, may those who are, 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 are struggling or who are perplexed or just going through difficulty, May, you, may, 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 may your soul know that God does not slumber nor sleep and that the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will meet your needs. He, he neither slumbers nor sleep and he, he knows what you are going through and he's going to see you through. Father God, bless us. Thank you for all who, who are trusting in you. We pray that you increase our faith and grant us favor and peace. May this week and next week, oh God, be blessed weeks. May we have good tidings, good news, joy, favor, and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you all, and thanks for joining those online. And I want to say shalom, shalom. God bless you. <laughs>